This podcast is made possible by Sage Intact and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Samuel Durgel. I work in executive search at Stanton Chase, and you're listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 255. How as a finance leader are you driving driving change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? In this episode, we speak to Liam Patrick, CFO of the fast-growing casual dining company End Pizza. You know, I think one of the things I've done that's been most impactful in these these first um, nine ten months here at End Pizza has been building out the FP&A function um, and, and the people that I've hired uh, in the finance team in general. Um, but really, that FP&A function has been a very strategic element of the organization. And so continuing to, to build on that, build on both the routine reporting, but also the interplay between finance and the numbers in every part of the organization, I think is, is a core priority over the next 12 months. And you know, I, I think a second is is really the budgeting process. And you know, we're a young organization. We, we were started in 2012 and we've had enormous growth. Um, but really building that budget process and the, and the uh, financial forecast for the next year into something that each organization owns, that it's not something that the CEO and CFO and board put together, board approves, that the organization is putting it together and the organization owns it and will be responsible and accountable to it. Um, and you know, I think that's, for a young organization, often that is a, it's, it's a step that is necessary, but, but isn't an easy step. And so that, that will really be, you know, one of my core focuses for the next 12 months. Liam Pat, listen to our complete interview with Liam after these words from our sponsor. It's a question every growing business must answer. How do you scale your organization to accommodate growth while reducing risk? Sage Intech provides the instant visibility into deep operational and financial requirements that inform decision-making when scale is top of mind. By automating error-prone manual tasks and allowing your team to focus on the analysis of more accurate information, Sage Intech provides the visibility required to confidently scale your organization. Sage Intact is the only AICPA preferred provider of cloud financial management software. Hello, we're speaking to Liam Patrick, CFO of N Pizza, a Washington, D.C.-based fast casual pizza concept that is now quickly expanding in the U.S. Uh, Mid-Atlantic region. Liam, welcome. Thank you, Jack. There's more uh, to this enterprise, Liam, than may uh, first meet the eye. And I know our listeners will find the story behind N Pizza very interesting, as they will your your background, which I think um, will also quickly uh, signal to this audience that there's something much bigger here than a regional pizza chain. So can you first share with us a little bit about your background, your background, which is uh, not necessarily a traditional CFO background? And by that, I mean... It's not the uh, the public accounting route, and 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 what were those experiences that influenced uh, your finance career to date and led you 
uh, to the CFO office at N Pizza. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'd say I, I definitely have an untraditional background. Um, but my, my father was a CFO. And so he was a CFO of, of a large company, uh, Colgate Palmolive. And so consumer goods um, and the finance side was just it's how I grew up. And I, I always thought I'd be a CFO. Um, I was I was an investor, so I first joined an investment bank out of college, uh, and then out of business school, uh, went to into private equity, and I think it gave me a great, really versatile feel for business. Um, but I always felt that pull to an operational role, and I was looking at as an investor, I was investing in consumer and restaurant brands. And I met with a, a couple of, of brands, Sweetgreen and, and Kava, both actually D.C.-based in the fast casual segment. And fast casual has just been an emerging trend um, in restaurants and, and really been where the growth has been in the restaurant industry. And I saw those brands really take off uh, firsthand to some degree. And I met our founder and pizza's founder, Michael Astoria, last year. And you know, I thought it was intriguing, an intriguing story, fast casual pizza. Um, and an intriguing brand. And as I dug deeper, I just felt I really wanted to be a part of it. Um, I really wanted to be on the front lines and, and help to build uh, a brand that I really believe in, and, and I truly, truly do believe in that pizza. Um, and so I, I decided to make that jump. I moved from being an investor to uh, being a CFO. And, you know, it, it's I actually, my wife is also a private equity investor in, in restaurant. Uh, brands and, and, and retail. Uh, she was recently at Bank Capital and moved over to Advent International, and she's based in Boston, as are as are our kids. Uh, so I fly down each week to DC, um, and you know do that because I, I really want to be a part of this. Um, and so she's been amazing and uh, helping me, allowing me to take on this opportunity. And I joined N Pizza in, in January of this year, so January 2016. Um, and I'm about, call it nine, ten months in. I thought I'd uh, just offer a few more details because I do think you have a, an interesting background, and I'm just going to take these right off your, your LinkedIn page. You were a senior analyst at Lazard, uh, the investment firm, for roughly three years, uh, both in New York and Paris. You went on uh, to serve as a senior associate at the Rhone Group in New York, where you got some investment experience clearly and then you joined a small uh, investment capital firm known as Fireman Capital Partners um, among the more notable wins while at Fireman was an investment drink company known as Evolutionary Fresh which uh, you folks I guess sold to uh, Starbucks in 2012 along the way you have served as a director for a variety of different uh, companies meanwhile uh, let me just say uh, for the listeners, I know uh, I'm, I'm not going to ignore the mention that your father uh, was a CFO for Gulgate, Paul Maloff. Uh We will want to go back and ask you a little bit about him and his career uh, during the mentoring around today. Uh, but first, I, let's find out something about N Pizza. You arrived there, and what is the type of job you want to create for yourself? What is exciting you about about stepping into the CFO role of a of a you know, frankly, a regional pizza chain. Absolutely. You know, I, I think, and I can talk to this probably in, in a bit, um, I think a big piece of it is the opportunity I see for the company. Um, but for me taking the role, I really, you know, 
untraditional background, I wanted it to be a dynamic experience. I wanted, to, you know, whereas finance was somewhat of a silo within the company and can be in a silo in, in many companies, I wanted it to be interdisciplinary. Um, and, you know, I knew that not having a CPA background, you know, I would need to, to cover for that weakness, honestly, and be able to hire um, to make up for that. And I've been able to do so. But, but truly to have the role be able to make an impact across the organization. Now, tell us about the growth since you've been there, and uh, what are the the you know the key metrics that you're paying close attention to, you know, daily. Absolutely. Um, so when I arrived, we had 13 stores. Uh, we opened our our 17th shop today, uh, an expansion into Philadelphia. Uh, so today we've been been in D.C. and, and, and Baltimore. Uh, so Philadelphia has been our next next stop. So that's been very exciting. I mean, in terms of metrics, you know, revenue is certainly a core one, and it's something we can check on on a real-time basis. Um, and, you know, every morning that's that the same store sales, the, the performance over last year at each shop is certainly core. Um, I'd say that contribution margin, which is the profitability of each shop and the components that go into that, is, is, is very important and something that we can really, you know, since I've arrived, we now report on that on a, on a weekly basis for each shop. And so we can see our... our cost of goods sold, our, our labor, um, and components of labor on a daily basis, and that really helps our operators just be as close to the business as they can be. So what is the bigger concept here, though? You know, there's so many pizza chains out there. How is uh, N Pizza going to set itself apart? Absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, guest experience is, is really the number one aspect. Um, and, you know, Mike Oldstory, our, our, our founder and CEO, he, he did not have a restaurant background. And I think a lot of, a lot of restaurants is, is restaurant operators, longtime restaurant operators following trends, um, which can be great. Um, but, I, you know, when Michael conceived of this back in 2010, fast casual pizza wasn't even on the map. And it was really about creating a different experience within the four walls. Um, and so... To give, to give the listeners a feel, Fast Casual Pizza, you can come into our shop and you can design your own pizza, individual pizza, um, and engage with our employees, which we call our tribe. And our tribe will help you make your pizza. It goes to this amazing oven um, and is ready for you in a minute and a half. You put on some finishings, you put it in our custom box, and walk away with your pizza um, just as you want. And you can have as many toppings on the pizza as you want. It's all the same price. You could load up that pizza. You could have, you're able to design exactly what you want. And I think our guests find tremendous value in that. But it's really the engagement and the, the experience of being in the shop. Each of, our, each of our shops actually reflects the neighborhood in which it, which it uh, is situated. And so the design element is, is strong. And, and I think there's, Brand is really an emotional experience at the end of the day, and so we're looking to create that. You know, I think there's there's some other great concepts out there um, where we really are different is is both the brand but also our focus. We are a company-owned strategy, um, whereas most others are franchised. And so, whereas that means that you know it's it's very asset light, they're able to 
open shops with their franchisees much more much faster than we can. We, we're never going to open, or certainly not anytime soon, a couple hundred shops in a year. Um, but we can really, the shops that we do open, get those exactly right and have a, a consistent experience for our guests um, and a real focus on food quality, a real focus on, on engagement that others can't really achieve. Now, I saw that you were uh, quoted in the Huffington Post recently regarding uh, the minimum wage and how uh, N Pizza has really taken a stand uh, in the D.C. market, which I guess D.C. Uh, has passed some laws that uh, they're looking to raise the minimum wage to $15 um, before 2020 or by 2020. Why is this company taking such a strong stand there? Sure. I mean, I, I think it really starts with a, a fair wage for our tribe, and a, a living wage in, in D.C., which is not a, a, a an inexpensive city to live in. Um, but we, we've absolutely been a leader there, and it. You know, I think that's probably uncommon I've been, for a CFO to say that, um, but it's really a bet that the, this is our front line, um, and that paying them more than we, more than the bare minimum will really reap benefits for us. And, you know, we've been a leader. Um, the, the bill was actually signed by the mayor of D.C. in our shop. Um, and so it's been something we've, we've been vocal about and that we truly believe in. Um, but, you know, I think as a whole, we're, we're trying to really engage our tribe. And, and this is, you know, everywhere from salary to hourly, uh, to really believe in, in, in our value set. And, you know, that includes some, some I think, important values um, from uh, celebrate oneness uh, to elevate everything. Uh, we have four core values that we are really driving that it is, it, it's really an important element of who we are. Um, from a, a more narrow perspective, uh, looking at my, my finance team and the organization, as, you know, the, the, some of the senior leaders, it's really taking an active approach with mentorship. And you know, I think for me, that was one of the things that really helped me be where I am now, which is having great mentors. Mentors that both taught, but also there was a personal aspect of, of being a great mentor and, and helping people along in their career. And I, I am trying to do that hands-on um, with my team and with others in the organization um, as they grow. I'd say we have a relatively young team. We're a young organization. Um, and, and a number of people who are in their role for the first time, including myself. And so mentoring and seeking my own mentors has been, I think, a, a big part of how I'm approaching things. Now, are there store managers or location managers? How would you operate on that level? We have uh, what we call shop leaders, um, for, and we have at, each, at, at most shops an assistant shop leader as well. Um, and then uh, a, a above shop um, operations infrastructure, uh, which includes a, a great new head of operations we've just hired from, from Sweet Green, and um, some, some great individuals who work with our, our, our shop leaders um, on a daily basis. I, I didn't ask, is there any... Uh... So is this venture back then? Who owns this company? Sure. So we were we are founder led. Um, we have had investors along the way, 
um, and and that's been a part of my focus this year, and and you know my background lends to that to some degree. Um, continuing to raise capital for uh, accelerated expansion and, and moving into new new markets, and so we we do not have traditional private equity or really venture capital money, which I think is is a real strong suit. Um, we've we've had originally friends and family, um, but since uh, family office investors who have a long-term horizon, who don't say, you know, I need to exit in three to five years. Um, and so to some degree, you know, my background, uh, it's, it's helps, you know, I, I can see some of the conflicts that can arise when you have an investor that has a different time frame than the company itself. And so we've prioritized finding investors who have a long-term horizon. Um, because, you know, we have a great story in, in, in one year, in three to five years, but I think the story and, and the trend in this market is a long-term trend, a secular trend that continues for 10 to 20. Um, and so having someone with a long-term horizon, I think, really aligns us with our investors. Yeah, so it's interesting just trying to trace uh, your steps here. You are responsible for educating uh, those investors making certainly understand the business model and why you have certain priorities. Uh, at the same time, with the shop leaders themselves, uh, Liam, at at the size the company currently is, do they know you by name? Yes, uh, you know, at the size of the company, it's really a luxury that I have that I can go up and be a part of the shop opening and and, and know each of the shop leaders and um, and work with them. Um, most most typically, it's our operations infrastructure and. Um, and my controller, Kelly, who have, have the day-to-day interactions with our shop leaders. Um, but we have a, a great group of shop leaders that, that really are um, our front lines and, and, and engaging our tribe on a day-to-day basis. And so um, it, it is a small company. The luxury of being a CFO is you can, you can touch all aspects. So we uh, now come to the mentoring round. And I want to, I have to ask, I'm going to reformulate our traditional question, which is, what do you wish someone had told you at the start of your finance career or your CFO career? I have to take a step back in time and understand better, um, as you observed your father as a CFO of a rather large uh, enterprise, what can you share with us? How did you uh, digest his advice? Absolutely. I think my, my dad has been tremendous inspiration to me in my career. And, you know, we had different paths. You know, he was originally a CPA and, and joined Colgate Pomolov in, in 1982, uh, was CFO by 1996. And, you know, he, his advice you know, has been in part making sure that you have the right structure, but, um, but also that the people are everything. Uh, and it's, it's having the right people in the right roles. It's, it's structuring the organization in the right way, um, but it's also just how you enable, mentor, and and work with those people that really unleashes the, the value within the organization. And so, you know, I, I think he was he had a, you know, just a remarkable career at Colgate that I'm proud of. I know he is proud of, and you know, trying to to look to that. Um, and it, it's it's not necessarily just initial advice. I feel I can not call him on a number of occasions and, and really look to uh, build a beyond just my father a network of CFOs um, who 
who has you know, really helped me, Bob Spellman, former CFO of, of uh, Yankee Candle and, and Stables, has also been a mentor to me. Um, and it's it's everything from the finer points that, you know, some of my weaknesses on the accounting side, shoring those up, but, but really, you know, how do you be the most effective leader and how do you bring the organization along with you with, you know, where you want to go. Now, is there a personal habit that you have that you believe has uh, contributed to your professional success? You know, I, I think I am just by my nature very persistent. And you know, I think my, my career has brought me to not accepting no for an answer, um, of keeping, to, keeping at it and not getting discouraged by initial failures or initial inability to solve a problem and really just working through it. Um, and so I think that's probably been, you know, what I've most, I, I think, has been impactful in my career. Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? Sure, absolutely. You know, I, I think Freakonomics has been a, a great book for me. Um, and to me, it, it, it's a lot of how numbers can influence and help shape um, questions about conventional wisdom and answer questions. And, you know, I think in, in, in my organization, I'm, I'm looking to drive data and real numbers versus hunches or gut to help make decisions. And, and the more we can dive into that, the better. And, and Freakonomics helps. I just thought it was both a fun book um, and a fun read, but a book that really drives how those numbers can entirely change how you think about things. finance thought leaders don't go anywhere we're about to ask our finance leader guest for their business priorities over the next 12 months but first permit us 30 seconds to thank our sponsor you want smart clear and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business with u.s bank you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs enhance control improve cash flow and expand your spend visibility u.s bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed they've been named a 2017 world's most ethical company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Over the next 12 months, what are your priorities as a finance leader? Absolutely. I think number one is continuing to drive strategic decision making at, at NPizza. And, you know, I think one of the things I've done that's been most impactful in these, these first um, nine, ten months here at MPizza has been building out the FP&A function. Um, and, and the people that I've hired uh, in the finance team in general, um, but really that FP&A function has been a very strategic element of the organization. And so continuing to, to build on that, build on both the routine reporting, but also the interplay between finance and the numbers in every part of the organization, I think is, is a core priority over the next 12 months. And, you know, I, I think a second is is really the budgeting process. And, you know, we're a young organization. We, we were started in 2012, and we've had enormous growth. Um, but really building that 
budget process and the, and the uh, financial forecast for the next year into something that each organization owns, that it's not something that the CEO and CFO and board put together, board approves, that the organization is putting it together and the organization owns it and will be responsible and accountable to it. Um, and you know, I think that's, for a young organization, often that is a, it's, it's a step that is necessary, but, but isn't an easy step. And so that, that will really be you know, one of my core focuses for the next 12 months. Liam Patrick, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Thank you, Jack. Hi, it's Jack. At CFO Thought Leader, we're interested in hearing from you. We want to find out what you would like to hear more of or less of. And so we've created an ever-so-short survey in order to learn from you. The survey is now available right on CFOThoughtLeader.com's homepage. It's open to career finance executives of every rank. Meanwhile, it's that time of year again. CFO Appreciation Day is quickly approaching, and we are once more firing up our kiln and making our CFO Thought Leader Mug 2019 edition available to survey takers who enlist two or more of their finance team members to complete the survey. We'll mail you our also coveted CFO Thought Leader Mug at zero cost. So visit us at CFOThoughtLeader.com and give us an earful. We would greatly appreciate it. Some rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you.